I'm someone who loves trying out different makeup looks, but doesn't really wear much on a daily basis, so I like to focus on making sure I have high quality staples. And whether you like a fresh face, full glam, or somewhere in between, you've probably seen Thrive Cosmetics Viral Tubing Mascara. I've certainly seen it everywhere, you know the one in the turquoise tube? So that mascara, along with all of Thrive Cosmetics beauty products, are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free, which I look for in makeup, and they've got excellent quality to match. And something I didn't know from all the mascara videos I've seen is that for every product sold, Thrive Cosmetics donates either that same product, another product that is needed more, or a monetary donation. They've worked with over 500 nonprofits to help with a wide range of causes like supporting cancer survivors, people experiencing homelessness, education access, and so much more. Knowing that makes me feel even better about using their products. And I do enjoy using them. Like I said, I like having high quality staples, and so my favorites are products that are multi-purpose, like the Brilliant Eye Brightener. It comes in a bunch of colors, and I like using them as eyeliner, eyeshadow, and even highlighter. Thrive Cosmetics is luxury beauty that gives back. Right now, you can get an exclusive 20% off your first order at thrivecosmetics.com thrive. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C-A-U-S-E-M-E-T-I-C-S, dot com slash thrive for 20% off your first order. What's up, guys? This is Arrested Youth, and you're listening to Rebel Radio. Fuck you, Josh. What's up? This is Rebel Radio. What up, what up? This is DJ Newmark. This is Peanut Butter Wolf. It's your boy. It's okay. Keep checking out Rebel Radio. Rebel Radio. This is Rebel Radio. We're in the place right here. Uh, Rebel Radio is going down. What do you say? Rebel Radio? Oh, wait. Let's do it again. Rebel Radio. What's up, Rebels? Welcome back to Rebel Radio, the weekly show where I bring you the rebels who are shaping our culture. I'm your host, Josh Levine. This week, I chop it up with Arrested Youth. He's an artist on the bubble. He's a rapper, singer, songwriter, kind of blending hip-hop with pop and punk. He's got a new album out now, Nonfiction. Make sure you check that out. It's produced by John Feldman of Goldfinger. He's got collabs with Mark Hoppus of Blink-182. And we talk about work ethic. Uh, We get into some interesting stories of, of how he got here and where he's going. Um, but this dude is a, is a classic example of somebody that just puts in the work, never, never stops, um, and really understands what it takes to, to build a career out of, out of sweat. So I hope you're going to enjoy it. I really like talking to this guy and, uh, let's get into it. I want to dig into it a little bit. Um, if you don't mind, uh, Take me, let's go back to the beginning um, and how, how you even got started in this. Do you remember the first record you ever bought for yourself? Yeah, I do. I don't know if I paid for it with my money, but, Fair enough. Uh, but I, think you my got, I think, yeah, my mom got it for me. Um, okay. Dude, it was, it was Sugar Ray's 1459. Okay. Got it on like the set. I was in New York at the time, close to where I am now. Um, at this really cool record shop that, of course, is not there anymore. But was, man, yeah, and I actually played that cassette till the tape in it. Uh-huh. I was pulling it out one day as a kid, and I pulled it out while it was playing, and it was done. I remember but those days. I yeah yeah, but that was it, man. That was I heard you know they had that. I don't know if you know how well you know Sugar Ray. I know it's a not bit. you know a little bit. They're not, they weren't like I don't know they weren't this. I know that's not like the coolest name drop to ever put out there, but they were underrated, man. I really think they were. Um, I know a lot of people in the alternative rock community, they had a very poppy sound. Um, I think they're one of still one of the most underrated. That album, 1459, I'll send you some of my favorites if you if you give a shit to listen. And there's some songs in there that are just so good. And uh, yeah, that, I found it through that song every morning. That was like a big radio hit. Right, for right, right. Um, yeah. It has influenced my sound a lot more than like I'm almost coming to terms with it more now as I've gone really I've been getting ready for this album and you know we're doing PR and a lot of the questions are not knock I love the question I'm not knocking your question but I'm just like the question is like what do you influence off of and I was like I'm, I really want to dig deeper to really because sometimes you just end up giving answers like that there's so many things we're influenced by sure 
So I really started to think about, well, why was Sugar Ray, what was it in Sugar Ray? If that was my first record, what was it? And um, the way that, and it, it's, it shows in all my music I make now, the way they took like rock, pop forward, but rock chord progressions, and then just had such great hip hop breakbeat drum samples. I mean, the mm-hmm. cleanest stuff. That's still like my favorite sound is like really so that was, tight. That was uh, Hurricane was the DJ, right? Yeah, her, yeah, because they yeah, had that so, fly. They fly right. was like what allowed them to be a band. Without that song, they wouldn't have got the shot to make fourteen fifty nine. Um, that's right. But yeah, yeah, but, I remember. But yeah, I mean, I, queen, yeah. I remember. You know, Hurricane was. You know, I used to see him around at the clubs and stuff. He was a, you know, local guy, and then all of a sudden he was in this band, and um, you know, everyone was talking about Sugar Ray. It's funny, like they don't, uh, you know, I, I think. They, didn't, they weren't around long, right? Like they, they, uh, that 1459 you know, was like it. Like Mark moved on to becoming, you know, a TV star, right? Yeah. And then, yeah. uh, McGee came out of Sugar Ray, didn't he? The, the uh, director. Yeah. And the thing is, dude, I don't even know the history that well because they, that was the album I heard as a kid and then it was like gone. Like they were just yeah. gone. Yeah. And, and I was, and I was a kid still. So I didn't have like the, fortitude to really follow up and like figure out what was going on like we didn't have social media um so it just was like oh well that was that was the one cassette i saw you know that's so but, funny yeah yeah i know he went on uh mcgraff went on to do things and but yeah i don't know i i i always just had such a and it's still with me my favorite sound is still like that acoustic or electric with a rock progression with this super tight clean fat breakbeat sample that just mm-hmm. is such a hybrid sound i still love it um and i've used that we've used that sound on a lot of the album and a lot of stuff i've put out in the past yeah nice and then how did you get started making music i got started making music and i guess you could call it an unconventional way i mean as an artist i started late in terms of my career, I started putting things out with the rest of you when I was 25. So many times I've been let down, but that never washed my spirit out. Um, I always I was I have a brother, an older brother, younger sister. They were actually the musical ones. My brother was a great drummer and great pianist and violinist he was like just he could have had the career of music if he wanted it my sister was a great singer she went to school for singing i've just played sports and liked music i mean it, for me it was about right? playing what'd you play downloading music i played soccer okay yeah so i was I, I played club soccer growing up and music for me i always just related it to activities like i was i loved music but it was to download it to go on to go to the soccer tournament or it was downloaded to go run outside when I was doing conditioning. It was always, the music was always to accompany the, what I was doing in life. Um, and then I, I, yeah. No, I was going to ask, uh, there's a lot of, obviously a lot of differences. There's a lot of similarities, I think, between sports and music. Um, I'm curious, what did you, learn what are the lessons you took from from playing sports that still apply to your career now in music oh man i mean work ethic obviously and just training i mean just your reps reps for reps sake i mean yeah. i'm i don't know that's what i yeah go the basics of repetition preparation and practice meets performance i mean i've that's that's still the most relevant lesson to my life as a musician every day i'm pretty i'm not you know if you see me i'm not like i don't have i don't have a flashy profile going for me i don't so i rely on on my ability to write songs and perform them like that's so that goes right back to sports in the sense that every day i'm rehearsing every day i'm writing music to me it's way more about the ethic behind it and building Mm -hmm. the craft um Mm -hmm. and i think yeah i think I, i i follow like a similar approach to um to sports and to training and yeah, work ethic, man. Like uh, even for example, uh, with the live, you know, we're, we're, we're preparing for the next tour. And a big thing for me was um, 
I, I want to take my vocal performance and the sonics behind what I'm doing while it's been on a great trajectory. I want to take it. I feel like it's time to take, I'm at a point where I can make this, this big next step for myself. So it was, I, I just thought of the analogy this summer as I had all this time to baseball where, you know, when you're practicing as a batter, you can practice with a wet, with a, with a weighted bat, right? So that when you are actually mm-hmm. playing, you put in, you know, your, your strength and your ability to hit is at a different level. So I stripped back completely the way we, I prep for live tour and I started just preparing vocally over instrumentals with no, with no backing whatsoever. And the goal oh, was wow. like, the goal was like, can I have, create a vocal performance where if I had no support vocals, if I had no support guitars, if I had no support anything, and it was just like, me on that microphone and people had to pay tickets to come see that could I make their tickets worthwhile and like that's the way I've been training the summer with the live performance so yeah I mean I'm like I'm a pretty logical guy I'm not some savant artist so I do a lot of the stuff I do when it comes to trying to make it as an artist is super logical and foundational in the same way you would I would train for soccer or I would study for a test in school it's like I know I'm not as musically talented as some of these guys I'm going up against, but I can put in the effort and I do have the passion. And, and you, as you know, like the reps matter, like over time, sure. the reps beat out. I mean, there are some artists that are so talented that they're, you know, do nothing and do drugs and don't ever practice and still go on right. and better than I ever would. But that is a rare a case and yeah. kudos to those those people but for the most part over time i like to believe at least that the persistence and the reps and the dedication beats out a lot of the other stuff that may in the moment have you know the spotlight so that's how i I approach it i think you're right yeah i think you're right that's that's a great insight um so as you were getting started did uh did somebody help you like well tell me about that journey of sort of yeah, uh, quote unquote, yeah. becoming a musician. Yeah, people have always helped me, man, um, and I've been very grateful for that. When I so I got into music be, through, ironically, freestyling, like in in hip hop, um, okay. we would actually freestyle. Imagine like fifteen white kids playing soccer, freestyling in a in a bus up to Michigan, but that was right what on. it was, and right. I just so happened to be the best. Um, and they, you know, they, they, my teammates were like, you should record some of this stuff. You've got some interesting lines. So Mm -hmm. I I ended up, my best friend ended up being really into music. And so we just like make demos in his basement. And, um, I took me a while to put some of them out and I didn't put a ton of them out, but I ended up putting out music in high school for a bit, but that's when I really fell in love with making songs, like making the music. Like I could stay in that basement all day like he would be like man i gotta go eat dinner and i'd be like well I'm, we gotta we gotta finish this like no one was nice. listening to it like but to me it was all about finishing it it was all about getting it right who mm. cared it didn't matter if it was just us playing it in the car it had to be right so i fell in love with that process early and i made stuff in high school but i never thought it was really going to pan out i was a smart i was studious school was important mm-hmm. to me so i gave up music went to indiana university studied business um and really went into like the business corporate world in terms of my trajectory mm-hmm. in life uh definitely struggled on a personal level on a purpose level it wasn't making me happy long story short i found music again my senior year of college i, okay. I had accepted a job pretty early um what kind of job year I was working for Anheuser-Busch in their global management program. It was like a, okay. it was a program to like pretty much like prime young smart business kids to have like leadership positions in the company sure. early on out of school. So um, I had that kind of locked in in the beginning of my senior year, actually. And I was still like pretty miserable as, as like in my personal life and my creative life. So I found music again and I had time. So I started recording demos in my um, apartment, in my college apartment. And a friend of mine was tour managing for an art for a DJ at the time who would always come through Bloomington, Indiana, the town where I went to school. And we caught up one day and, you know, I told him I was making music again. And 
he kind of coaxed me into sending him something and said he wouldn't share it. He shared it with who is now my manager, David, David Carlson, um, okay. who was also kind of like my, we run a lot of arrested youth together. Like we've really bootstrapped this from nothing and, and built it to what it is now with, you know, no, no big label, no anything. I mean, we've really, we've really done, you know, got our hands in the dirt and um, yeah. he found it and he heard it and, he wasn't supposed to. And he like called me out of the blue. And I was like, I really was never like my pride wouldn't really let me even consider doing music again. I felt like I gave that up because I wasn't mm. going to ever make it. So, yeah, you know, he asked me, I was like, no, you know, I'm, I'm just making it for fun. Like I'm, I'm working in the corporate world. I want nothing to do with it. I think somewhere in him, he knew he could tell how much I loved it. So he kind of convinced me to just send him it's like well if you keep making songs keep sending them so i kept sending them and long story short a lot of support from david and mm -hmm. i i ended up taking that job and um that whole year that i worked that job i actually was like recording demos uh in it was a traveling program so wherever whatever city i was in i was just after work i would always go to the closet or wherever i set up my little studio and and oh, try nice. and work on this record i had i made a yeah. deal with myself that if I can make an EP, like eight songs was the idea that are, I really believe have a chance to do something and I can make it by the end of this year, it was a year program, then I'm going to leave and I'm going to pursue music. And so by the end of the program, with help of David and a, and a few others, I had that and I said, all right, I'm going to go for it. And I, you know, I took the leap and I, and I, and I started pursuing uh, Arrested Youth. So yeah, that was kind of my, that was kind of my music story, a little unconventional, Definitely wasn't an artist from the start. Wasn't like a great piece of talent that you, you know, but I always loved the songs and I always loved the lyrics and I always loved the energy and the melodies. I know I said Sugar Ray, but I also loved bands like the Chili Peppers. Mm -hmm. I saw like Kiedis and I saw that he like, you know, he was pretty like Beastie Boys type character who just had great melodies and great lyrics and kind of was unconventional. Like you could tell he wasn't a trained music savant but he had something and he like owned it and so bands like that and, and frontmen like that also like really inspired me to say like yeah i might not have this insane voice and musical background and this whole this whole get up but i have the passion i have the energy i have the intellect and in how i write the music i have the melodies like there's there's a chance so that was wow, uh, yeah big inspiration point that's a great story um I wonder, so you had this kind of, you know, let's call it a fear of failure. I don't know if you would say it that yeah, way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, you know, I think, I believe like to some extent that never goes away. I don't know if that's changed yeah, no, for you. Always, yeah, always there. So, I'd say my fear of failure now is higher than ever because sure. finally I have something going. Finally, I feel some momentum and it, yeah, it almost only gets, you know, yeah. I mean, the stakes but, keep getting higher, right? Right. Um, and, uh, and, you know, it's one thing to fail privately. It's another to fail, you know, in front of fans or or, yeah. you know, whatever. No, I totally I totally get that. So I wonder, like, um, you know, what did change? What what did you what allowed you to kind of like push through anyway and say, look, I'm just going to I mean, I love the, the idea. Like, I'm just going to make songs. You know, if I get to eight, like I'll do something. Right. So. What was that, um, you know, what did, what did you kind of draw on to be able to just keep going? Well, I think first and foremost, it was the, I, it was the passion for writing music. And I think that is, right. at the end of the day, I will put that as the level one of the entire foundation that keeps me doing this mm -hmm. um, and has kept me doing it. But obviously on top of that, there's got to be a little more, right? And I think I, I think I, I've always just tried to own up to the decisions I made. I mean, I knew I wanted to pursue music. I, I told myself from the beginning I started this and started that deep this was going to be. I knew there were going to be days, maybe months, maybe, you know, maybe a year where it's like, fuck, like I, I chose this and I just, I've always been, um, a big fan i learned that early i think soccer helped me i had some really good but tough coaches i always learned like you make the decision and then you own up to it like mm -hmm. you do or you don't you know you do you put into action or you don't and 
And in between that, you think there's all these other options, but there's not. And so that's kind of my attitude as an artist is definitely like very grit forward. Like mm-hmm. I made this decision. I love this. I want to build a career out of it. I can't see myself doing anything else. So mm-hmm. this is what these, this I, I have to, while sticking to, and I have been very stubborn as an artist in some ways, but while sticking to my values, while sticking to the artist, I want to be the person I want to be. You have, I, I have to make this work. And at the end of the day, you could say someone else didn't do this for me. Someone else did that for me, but I, I try and always take all the responsibility and say, this is my career. This is my life. I chose this. The only way is forward. I mean, yeah, there's fears and there's cynicism and there's doubts and there's, you know, chips on the shoulder. Like I feel all that stuff. I've been in it for like three and a half years, but I feel all those things and, you know, bandmates come and go and producers come on you think they're going to do this and you get this labels. It's all the stuff is like, you know, it's like, it's like scar tissue, but, but you find the joy in it and you find the reason you do it. And you know that the only path is forward 27 I, I want a, a good career. You know, I have things I want to accomplish and I have lifestyles I want to live. Nothing crazy, but I definitely, you know, want to have a life. And sure. so you, so you, so I own up to it and, and keep it and doing it. So it's a long winded answer, but I think taking responsibility for the decision to be an artist is like something I, I work on every day. Like I want to be altruistic and I want to stick to my values, but then I also have to check in and say, yeah, but you have a career and you need to make a living. So where are you willing to, to change? Where are you willing to give in a little to help this thing move forward? So it's a balance, but at the end of the day, I think it comes down to like personal responsibility. So you talked a little bit about uh, you're, you know, you and David kind of building everything yourselves, right? Um, yeah. What have you learned, like, in this, so, you know, in the years that you've been working together, tell me about what makes a good partnership and how do you, how do you, you know, where do you rely on him? How do you keep that partnership healthy and strong? That's a great question. Um, I'm not going to sit here and say that like me and my manager, like we've gotten, we're so close. I mean, we're like family. Um, we ha- still have our issues with how we communicate. It's like, sure. it's like siblings trying to talk to each other. We're that close. Of course. What I would say the number one thing with a guy like me and a guy like David, two things have kept it, kept us working together through thick and thin. And that's, I would say that's trust and respect like, like, and like, and I, and I use those terms that on like the bottom line, like uh, tons of shit sits up on, on that. And we have our issues, but I trust him hundred percent. He trusts me hundred percent. And regardless of how we have a conversation, what goes down, I respect him 100% and he respects me. And we always make those things clear regardless of whatever happens. And we're both like pretty intellectual guys, pretty heady very particular very retentive like we're and so there is a lot of like this but we find ways to let those paths cross and not not um inhibit what we have to do right like Mm -hmm. not get in the way of moving forward and um but at the end of the day again whenever we have really rough times or whenever we have whatever it is i always know like I trust this guy more than anyone that I could ever like ever. And, and that just counts, you know how it is and stuff like this. It just counts everything. You can't even put a number on it. It just counts more than anything. Cause yeah, you can't, it's you, you find it like you find the trust every, every once in a blue moon, I think. So trust and respect, man. Yeah. Was there any mistakes you made early on that you, that you want other people to avoid? Oh God. Um, yeah, I'm sure there's a lot of them, but I don't, ha- I, I, that's a hard question. I, I haven't done anything stupid. Like I had David to really that's, help. That's big. I, I had David to help, um, a lot. Like 
I, I, it, it probably would have been something like, you know, like own your own masters, like own your publisher, like David helped me with a lot of those things from the start of like, nice. he had been around for a minute and he said like, this is how we were going to want to do this. Trust me down the road. You're going to be happy. We made this decision. Mm-hmm. If there was one thing that I would say, um, a mistake that I've made, this would be just a personal note of my whole life, but you know, may probably, probably be a little less, a little less cynical, you know, and, and, and fun and, and work, you know, like it was the, like that everyone needs to pay the piper kind of thing. Like maybe I wish I paid the piper a little more in the first in early on to who knows, but I don't know, man. I I'm just trying to think of something like, I don't, I'm not, I, I really am not like a look in the past. What could I have done? Like I learned from everything, but I'm a firm believer in like what happens, happens. It gets you to the next point. Like there's a reason I've done it super DIY. There's a reason that I've stuck to like my style of building my career, my brand. There's a reason we've kept it Mm -hmm. small scale. There's a reason we funded a lot of things on our side of the label. The reason we did an independent label with people we're really close with, like you could look at all those things and say, you know, sometimes my dad will give me shit like, well, should you, should you be scaling it more now? And like, don't you want to be making more money now? All these things. Right. And I could look back and say, maybe all those things were mistakes. Who knows? But there's a reason we did those things. And I like to believe that, like, I don't see a huge mistake I've made. Um, I see everything that has happened steering me toward a career that is right for me. Um, nothing stands out as like, man, I wish I didn't do that. And maybe that's, maybe that's, you know, maybe that will change, but I would say, yeah, maybe a little less stubborn and a little less, um, a little less cynical toward the whole thing. I came in pretty cynical of what it meant to be an artist because I didn't come from that. I came from like the business world and the, and the the studious world. And it kind of always felt like, little not cheesy but like do i re- am, am i really an artist you know i, I think I, i'm i'm pretty self-aware like what does it mean do i really want to be like out doing stupid things and like not right. stupid things but like not having a schedule and like not being structured and being some wacky artist with all these ideas like to me that was never what i wanted to be i wanted to make music because i loved it but i didn't want to mm-hmm. sell some gimmicky thing to to look more creative and right different than i really was so i don't know i'm I'm trying to i'm trying to trying to uh to uh entertain you here with like with a thoughtful response but i think at the end of the day i don't think there's a huge mistake i think again i maybe i should have just been a little more open and to stuff and that's something i'm working on now is is yeah like being a little more open to stuff not being so protective and closed mind closed minded to like every opportunity that comes my way i mean i think that's a you know that's a really hard balance to get right. And yeah. so, um, you know, you see, I've definitely heard artists, you know, come at it from that perspective of, of a skepticism and, you know, which, which I think is fair. You know, I, I've seen way more artists, you know, go off the deep end the other way, right? And just, you know, get pushed in every different direction or try to do everything or, you know, take right. every dollar. And, I, you know, I think that's probably a much bigger mistake right um that you know leaving leaving a little bit on the table right that there's always there's always something more uh that maybe you could have done i think is probably a good way to to you know even things out Um, yeah i got one for you i got one mistake i think there's a few songs on this album that i still love but john convinced me to go up in key and i i wish i had stayed down in key but it's okay (laughs) i i pitch them down in the live set so it all works out but there's like a few songs on this album that i'm just like it i should have said no it's down a half step because that's i don't want to be singing in a nasal in 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 my nasal region that's just something so small but to me you know there there's a real there's a a real a a real regret for you (laughs) right on um so you were talking about work ethic is it is it true you write a song every day yeah, or a piece of a song for okay. sure. You yeah. write every day. I uh, I do, and but it's it's really because it's just like therapy for me. Like it's just uh, 
it's the same way I like stretch in the morning, the same way I go on a run, the same way I work out it, the day it feels like as an artist, that's the least I should be doing in a day. And it's not like coming from like a purely productive standpoint. It's coming from the same way again. Like I'm, I, the best thing I've gone for me, in my opinion, is my songwriting. So why would I not at least stretch every day as a songwriter? Mm-hmm. That's how I think of it, at least. Because who knows what that little, even if it's like being in the studio and sitting down for 10 minutes or like getting on the guitar and, and messing around for 10 minutes. I'm a terrible guitar player, by the way. But whatever it is, like, yeah, I, 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 I always try and touch a song a day in some aspect um because it's even just a peace of mind thing sometimes it's super therapeutic and it becomes a great song sometimes it's like well yeah i gave up i took this risk the pressure is on me the responsibility is on me so that's the least i can be doing to 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 be moving my my career forward and my craft forward so yeah i would say so yeah what what do you do on those days when it's not flowing uh recently i if i'm not feeling it in a day uh and especially more recently because of my attention has turned like these days i'll just rehearse i'll just rehearse i'll just keep i'll just work on the live set and i'm like all right well okay. I'm, I'm not inspired like the, the new <clears throat> song that's not happening but i got i got tons of work to do on this live set so let's just put the energy and music energy there um and and in days where that wasn't the case with um if i wasn't rehearsing it was it was like i i would accept it you know i i would i would but i would but i would always do it i would still always do the action of trying to create like is it is it it was the act certain, was, is it like a certain amount of time or you're like uh, you know i'm gonna do this for an hour whenever, I, whenever I tap whenever i tap out like the okay. same way like okay. if, if i end you know how it is like you end up doing something and you're loving it you're just gonna keep going on it like right. if i sit down and i make something and something clicks and it's you know six o'clock what's probably gonna happen is i'm gonna look up and i and dinner pass and it's like 10 and i'm right. like you know I'm, I'm structuring out the song um because i just find the groove but it could just be sometimes i mean there yeah there's sometimes and i'm not ashamed of it at all like we're all sit down maybe it's in the morning or maybe it's at night and i just like pull up a little piece of music and I like maybe lay a vocal down or a melody. And then I like sit there and take a second. I go back, listen, I'm like, nah, fuck it. And I just shut everything. And yeah, I'm like, yeah, it wasn't the day. Like okay. that wasn't it. So, but I, but again, to me, it's like, doesn't matter. I did the act. Like mm-hmm. I'm not, a, right. I'm not a person it's a guy where it's like, no, you have to sit here till like four hours every day. It's like, no, right. like, I'll let the inspiration come, but I'm still always going to put the act in. Um, Cause the act, are the you, action. Uh, are you capturing all of that? Say it again. Is everything, are you capturing all of it? Oh, the stuff I make. Yeah. Yeah. It all sits in, it all sits on like a hard drive. And right. I also like, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I'm sure a ton of artists are like this too, but like sometimes it'll, I'll, yeah, I'll just pull like a verse or like a, a line from something that I did randomly. And that will become one of the best lines in one of the new songs. And it's right. like, thank God I sat down and, and, and like bash my head against the wall for like 15 minutes. Cause I got this really cool line that just happens to be one of the coolest lines that I like pulled in the song. I, I yeah. make a lot of stuff. So I kind of always have that library in my head. And sometimes mm-hmm. I'll say something or I'll record something that again, isn't a full song. It's a line and it just sticks in my subconscious and I'm writing a new song. And like, I just somewhere in my subconscious, it, that line comes up and I hear mm-hmm. it and I'm like, and I'm like, why is it familiar? It's like, oh, I'm, I did that on another song. But it's like, right. oh, well, here's the song. That's just like 10 second clip. It's perfect for this. So yeah. that happens a ton. Like I recycle lines and melodies and lyrics. And sometimes you have something. It's not meant for a full song. It's just meant to be borrowed mm-hmm. for the next song kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, talk about... Uh, you talk about the EP you did that you, you wrote with fans. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, arrested youth and the quarantiners. Yeah. 
yeah that that was super talk about just like in the moment of inspiration that was just that was like right when quarantine hit i had finished the i finished nonfiction recording it at least i was just kind mm-hmm. of messing around in the studio i did a live stream one night and i was like maybe we'll just work on something together and it was actually really fun and there were some really good uh, ideas that were like get, getting passed across the chat and and that was like the beginning of the lockdown where like it was serious about lockdown where like you could sure. leave, no one was leaving their house they had yeah. like curfews um and so that we just uh, for like a week and a half straight we just got together i had set up a little like live studio segment and we'd sit down every night and like write songs for like two and a half three at maybe four hours and um we brought together like six songs that were that were kind of me producing out a little melody coming up with like maybe a concept whatever what can't no no two songs were done the same way and Mm -hmm people would give their ideas and I'd kind of push it along. And yeah, we just had like this cool little pocket of six songs that, um, yeah, we released as just like a fan written project yeah. to, to my knowledge was still like the first like fully fan written project that was like released, like full writing credit for the fans that wrote on it. And it was, it was dope. It was, I know it was something that meant I, I kids still reach out all the time. Like that was so sick that we got to, to make that together. So it's super special. Yeah, no, I think it's an amazing idea, and it's and it's um, you know, it, it almost it, it almost goes counter to like some of the stuff you were talking about earlier. This idea of what an artist is, right? Mm-hmm. And this this you know that we're like uh, you didn't say this, but you know we're we're like there's like that magical creative spark that you know some people have and other people don't, right? Mm-hmm. And I think you know you sort of like broke down those barriers and allow people to participate with you in that process, I think is really interesting. Um, oh, thanks, man. Yeah, it was cool. Did, did you, what do you, what do you think you learned from that process? You know, has is it, is it changed your songwriting at all? Is it, what, what's, what's different now? No, I don't think anything changed from my own process from that. I just think that showed me, you know, kids are really looking for creative outlets. Like, yeah. in the sense that and kids are really talented and i've learned that more and more every day and i say kids i just mean like there's just so many young people out there who are incredibly incredibly musically gifted and yeah. i mean that too of like i've i've a few i've had a few artists younger like who are not on the map whatsoever reach out and be like hey you know i'd love to tour with you i'd love for you to listen to my music i'm such a huge arrested youth fan and then i listen to their music and i'm like this if this kid finds the right people and they've developed the right way they're going to be 10 times bigger than i am you know like they're mm-hmm. so much better like they're you know so mm-hmm. i just say that because it just it goes back to the same thing i found on the quarantiners of like there's so much talent out there it's insane so many talented kids and i hear the stuff and i'm like i just say i just i give them a little advice and i say and i also like there's two artists one artist in particular that i'm kind of uh really want to outside of my own career kind of help develop and i think he's okay i think he's got something incredibly special amazing kid great kid amazing songwriter arrest youth is like one of his favorite bands but it's ironic because i listen to his stuff and i'm such a huge fan of him like i'm just like i'm his fan i have his stuff on repeat and so yeah i think i'm just saying that because that's what that i think that that doing that project helped open me up to like you're an artist and you're growing and I'm still developing, you know, I still have a lot of ways of development in my career to go. And like maybe along the way, if you have some of the time, help develop a few other artists um, who fit into that, that world of like dedication to the lyrics and finding something interesting to say and, and bringing together a bunch of different genres. So I think that's what that, that, that helped me with doing that EP was realizing um, how much I enjoyed not being the artist, but helping funnel other people's creative ideas and letting them, you know, letting them create. Um, so yeah, that's something that I'm really interested in, in doing more as my career develops is um, is helping other artists who I believe in uh, take their music and maybe the music's done. Maybe there's something else I can help with. Who knows? But nice. um, yeah, just just help them help them create and have a career for themselves. Yeah, that's amazing. 
So, so you had already written, or you, nonfiction was already done before you did the, the Quarantiners record. Yeah, I, I, I don't have like the exact dates. I want to say maybe when we did Quarantiners, there was like John and I were finishing up a few more songs. Got it. I want to say maybe okay. we were like half, like three fourths the way through writing the songs mm-hmm. that end up on nonfiction. Um, so yeah, it was, it was like a send off from that album to get to go do that and put that out. And that's when, that's when, yeah, the, the quarantine really, really got strict and, and invasive. Yeah. So you said nonfiction is not. You said it's not a. It's not a conflict. Sorry, not a concept record, right? Um, yeah, not a traditional for sure. Because I, to my knowledge, at least I might be wrong on this. I don't really know, but I feel like concept albums usually are created with the concept. Like the con- usually, right? I mean, maybe it's yeah, after, I but think so. you know, there's I, a real. Yeah. Never know. But yeah, yeah, you I never. I guess you're right. Yes. I always think, right? Usually with the concept album, you come with the concept, you say, this is what, right. the, this is the world that yeah, yeah. it's going to live in and this is what it's going to be. But yeah, you're right. Maybe you, you'd make that after. But yeah, it wasn't that. It was, it just was, I was sitting on these songs because we, John and I didn't make it. It's not like we sat down and said, all right, we're going to do a full album now. Like right. I, we were actually, like I, if, and people still ask me all this, like the last project I put out was called Saw Bill episode one. So they're like, are more episodes, like when's episode two coming? Like you're putting out an album, but what about the other episodes? And it was like, well, we were going to do that, but we ended up just getting in on this streak and writing all these songs. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I was just, for whatever reason, I just knew for myself, I was like, I don't want to put out another EP. Like I just want to put out, I want to put out an album. Mm-hmm. I want the next project to be an album. I don't want it to be an episode two. Like I just, I just didn't. So we, again, that's why I was coming, relating it back to your question. Was it a concept record? It was really just a batch of songs. And so I had to look at it and say, I'm making this an album. What is the underlying theme to this? Like, what is this? So, and that's why the year was great because I, I got a year to kind of like figure out what it was. But at the end of the day, I, I, I came to the conclusion that it's just like, these are very, very honestly written songs where in that time I've been three years of myself and learning about myself along the way, still kind of having a bit of a youthful spirit. So I kept some of that in there. And um, I was like, what is this? And they're just like honest songs about where I was at in life. So, I was like, you know, what, what's, what does that mean? I was like, that's just truthfully written. Like it's nonfiction. It's not fake. And so it's not made up. And so nonfiction just felt like it fit into that, that world. Like it felt like the right word to say, this is what this is. So what are you writing about now? You you say you write every day. What, how is, how is that? How is what you're writing now different than, than. That's a great question. I, I feel like I, this last year, I've had a lot of learning experiences in life. That sounds so cliche. Like, obviously, you would hope that you're having learning experiences in life. We don't know. But I don't know. Some things have definitely changed for me and my understanding of where I'm at and who I am and what I want to say next as an artist. And so I've, the sound and the lyrics, the the best word is probably, as, as you would hope, it's probably just matured you know it's it's matured i i'm not rapping as much that's for sure like there's not as much hip-hop maybe i'll bring a little back i don't want to like cut hip-hop cold turkey but i did sit back on this album and as i was listening after having it for a while i'm like i love this album but god like i really turned to hip-hop um to tell the stories and the verses like it's very hip-hop forward and i think i found myself thinking i think it would be nice on the next record to still obviously I love hip hop and I'm, and I'm, and I have a real flow in in my pockets, but like, how do I maybe push a little more into less of a, of a, of a hip hop structure of songwriting? Um, Mm -hmm. So that's been a huge focus. And then um, my vocal has been a huge focus. Like how do I tap a little more? Like I said, right. Like there's some songs that I wish I dropped down a half step or a full step and, um 
it's really been about how do I how do I continue to build my novelty and originality as an artist? Like, what are the mel like even being so mindful, not overthinking, but just being mindful with like when the melody comes, thinking, what is this melody? Is this really the melody that is right? Like, is this really the, the sonic and the melody of the songs that I want to be making right now? Um, yeah. Not to overthink it, because obviously you're just going to end up making shit if you're overthinking it. But I'd say like just in general, it's a, a more mature, mindful approach toward the music um, while also knowing that I don't want to like do this album and then get so heady that I make like a hipster album. That's like so like, you know, I've, I've watched that with so many bands where they're like right. they want it or artists where they're like, now I'm going to be so musical and so refined. And it's like, well, you had something great going. And now sure. just now you're just like wearing a fedora and you know it's just all acoustic like i'm not doing yeah. that but i i, I don't I want you. to lose the fun and the energy but i'm definitely trying to find whatever that next maturing step is for me for sure nice so yeah. um right on man well i gotta get to a little lightning round before i let you go hit me dude um, yeah, let's do it you have great cool. great questions by the way I've, I've really enjoyed this thank you man it's super fun uh, i mean i liked your music and it's even more fun talking about it so um, I appreciate that. So what's your favorite city to travel to? Oh, man. Um, still, still always do New York City. I, I like I, I always say, though, I like going into New York City as much as I like leaving. But I love, <laughs> yeah, I, I, get love it. I, I love it. Now, I, now that's just the city to travel to in general. But I have a feeling that was tour specific. And I love whatever I love. I love on tour. I love visiting uh, Seattle. I think Seattle is. Really oh, cool. yeah. Nice. I mean, it's a great music yeah. city for sure. It is, dude. You definitely appreciate feel, music. You feel all that '90s grunge energy there, man. It just like you just definitely. feel it, and it's cool to be on tour there for sure. Who's your favorite DJ? Oh man, uh, that's a good question. Um, end of the day, probably Calvin Harris. Okay. So <clears throat> I saw his. Uh, I saw him at Coachella. It was mind-blowing man his early stuff like i used to i just uh, in high school man yeah i loved what he yeah he he just had and i love that he had a, such a dope voice like i just yeah. loved that he was singing on it it was Definitely. it was cool like those records Definitely. wouldn't have been what they were without him his that his tone man no question Big um what's the last great book you've read or listened to um, the last book, I think I have it sitting here since I can't remember the title. Um, the last book that I read is called, uh, this is not a t-shirt and it was, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't read it, but Bobby, Bobby hundreds. Yeah. And it was a, a, a friend recommended it to me and cause we were about to put out a new merch line. He was like, yeah, I know you're making all the new merch. I thought you'd, you'd enjoy this book. And it's, it was a cool read. I mean, it's got it, a super entrepreneurial guy and, you know, it was all about building a brand that people trusted and, and valued. And I just thought it was cool. It's cool to see yeah. that. No, that's dope. Uh, it's on my list. Bobby's the shit. And yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, what movie do you think you've seen the most in your life? <laughs> Probably Dumb and Dumber. <laughs> <laughs> I love Makes that sense. movie. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it's awesome. Um, who's somebody you've learned a lot from that you haven't met? Probably Tyler Joseph from 21 Pilots. Okay. Yeah. 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 In terms of how he's built his career and I have some, I work with some people who cross paths closely with him and yeah. I have a lot of, I know people sometimes will say we also have sonic similarities. I see where they hear it. I don't think it's as close as people like to believe. I also just think we might have some similar voices and ways sure. of writing songs. Um, yeah. but I also do know how he chose to build his career and the steps he took and, and how, um, how really kept it. And I, I definitely have a lot of respect for that and no, yeah, great. Haven't, met, haven't met him, but I, I would say I set some lessons we're, we're learning there or continue to learn. Yeah. Cool. Last one. If I, if we work together, what's something I would hear you say over and over? <laughs> 
I have a terrible tendency to say, to be honest. <laughs> when like it's like, oh, are you gonna lie to me? Like, I'm like, well, I you know, it. to be honest, it's like, yeah, yeah, no shit. To be honest, I mean, now I trust you less because you said to be honest. <laughs> That's probably I get it. I, 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 those things like they always bug us more about ourselves when we I say know. them, and I think you know, no. it's. It's a, I mean, that's, that's when people talk about a lot, but, but also, you know, I think we also understand that that's just like, uh, it's just a lead in to whatever you're about to say, right? Yeah. You want to make it clear. You want to let them know, like, I'm going to tell you my, my, my real thoughts, but you would hope that would be what you're doing always, but who knows? What, what would, what would bother me about what would be yours? Oh, I mean, um, (laughs) like, shit that I say that bothers me. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot. I think, <laughs> you know, <laughs> I think for me, um, the stuff I say a lot is more like, you know, just go for it. Like, just, you know, let's stop worrying about it. Let's just do it. Right. We'll, we'll figure it out as we go. Um, I think, you know, I've always, you know, the, the people that work for me, I, I have a message for all of them, which is that I know you're more capable than you think you are. And that's my job is to help you realize that. Um, and nice. that's, that's, I think, how I, you know, that's how I position myself as a leader. That's um, awesome. Uh, people need that. People need that more than we all really understand. Totally. Like, you know, yeah. we really I do. think we all, like, we all I need, need people that. to believe in us and to challenge us and to help we us really kind do. of see the, see the path. 100%. Yeah. 100%. <clears throat> Right on, man. Well, this is super fun. I appreciate it. Um, we'll have to uh, do it again. If you're ever in LA, we'll do it in person. Absolutely, man. Come, please come to a show. Like, let's reach out after and we'll get you. Yeah, no some doubt. Tickets and come, come, come see me. Come see me yell at a microphone. <laughs> yeah, I'd love to. And uh, definitely encourage everybody to check out nonfiction um, and all your stuff. And uh, thank you, dude. good shit, man. Appreciate it. Yeah, dude, this is a, a complete pleasure, man. It's been great talking to you. Right on. Yeah, that was Arrested Youth on Rebel Radio. Make sure you check out his music. Make sure you check out the rest of our episodes. You can get them on YouTube. You can uh, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, leave a comment, a review, whatever you want to do. Most importantly, come back next week for more Rebel Radio. Peace. <laughs>